So what is the best type of commercial property to invest in? On this episode, I'm going over retail, hotels, and multifamily. Which is the best and why? Coming up. Welcome to the Think Big Real Estate Podcast, the show where I share what I'm learning about real estate sales and real estate investing to help you grow your real estate business. Today, I'm going over commercial real estate. Now, if you're watching on the channel, YouTube channel, this, this is just fake. Like, I didn't even get the mic yet. I'm using a lapel mic. I just think it looks really cool. <laughs> so, we're doing it. Until the microphone actually arrives, which is supposed to arrive today. But we'll see. So commercial real estate. The thing with commercial real estate, what is that? Is that it usually has a higher down payment. In commercial real estate, you're looking at between 35 and 45% down, typically. Now, whereas residential you know, you can get as low as 0% down, between 10% down, depending on what loan you get. Now, commercial, just like how you don't have to put 20% down in residential, you don't have to put the 35 to 45% down in commercial. Uh, one loan, for example, the SBA loan, allows you to put 10% down now I believe that's 10%, it bundles the your renovation costs in addition to your down payment. So uh, for example, let's say you have a property that requires 20,000 down and then you have 50,000 uh, worth of renovation. Instead of paying the 20,000, putting that down and then putting an additional 50,000 to fix up and reno, you combine that with the, this microphone is just in the way. <laughs> Not even a, a microphone. <laughs> so you combine that, that 50 and that 20 to get 70,000 and you take 10% of that 70,000 and that is what you put down. So SBA loan, it's really advantageous. It's kind of like the FHA 203K loan for residential. It's pretty much the exact same principles. But the thing with the SBA loan for commercial real estate is that it, it requires, well, like the FHA 203K loan, it has some caveats. You have to do annual uh, P&L statements, profit and loss statements every, every year. Um, and, you know, obviously you want to work with someone who's experienced with um, SBA loans because these can be a bit tricky. Now, the thing with commercial real estate and just in general retail, you're having a business relationship with your tenants instead of residential where you have a more personal relation well you can have a more personal relationship you can be best buds with your tenants but don't do that because then because then they'll take advantage of you and they won't see you as their landlord and as their boss of the property and they'll 
they'll take advantage of you. Don't do that. Just plain and simple. Don't do that. Whereas in commercial, it's more people are running a business here. Like in retail, for example, people set up shop their own. I this microphone. Their own. Um, their genuine business in your property complex. So you're a lot less likely to build that personal relationship, which keeps you, the landlord, as an authority figure, and they respect that more. Now, because they are running their own business, they maintain the property more. Because if the property looks like shit, then, you know, it detracts customers. So they, they're forced to make the inside and outside of the property look the best it can because the, the business owners that are renting your or leasing your property in retail, for example, I mean, they, they don't want to detract customers. So that in turn for you, the landlord, means less work, less because you don't have to do as much maintenance because the business owners take care of it for you. There's also less working hours just in general, just because in commercial properties, like they have set times. Now, usually some hotels do like 24 hour service, but that's typically in commercial. The, the property, the business in your property is only open from like 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. They have working hours, which means that for some period of time, people aren't in your property. People, and the less people you have in your property, the less things that there are to go wrong. Like, yeah, there is a possibility of theft and uh, vandalism, but you just get security systems and make sure you're insured right for that should always make sure you're insured right, regardless of its um, residential commercial. Now, the thing with commercial is that just commercial properties in general, these are serious investors. It's not like residential where you have, is that a tornado siren? What the? Well, there's a tornado siren. Oh, it's Tuesday, first of the month, that's why. Well, anyway. The thing with commercial property is that the people who invest in commercial, they have mastered to withdraw their emotions from the deal. Unlike residential where you have that's siren, man. <laughs> you have um, like someone like Jim and Sal or whatever, and they've lived in the property. Maybe their grandparents uh, built the property from their own hands, and they have that emotional attachment. And they're emotional. Like, say, maybe the kids grew up there. It's like, oh, no, I can't sell this house. You know, we had Jim and Sally. I'm really bad at coming up with names, by the way. <laughs> um. And so in commercial property, you don't have that. The, the investors in commercial property, they look at the numbers, right? If the numbers don't make sense, 
then they just plain and simple won't do the deal. They, they have no emotional attachment. And that for you is a good thing as an investor when you go to invest in commercial property because you're not you're getting what you asked for right you're not it's always good in business to go based on facts and not off emotions and opinions just in general in life it's always good to go based on facts and emotion and not emotions and you get a lot less of that in commercial now commercial actually has a what they that siren man Did you hear that oh my gosh that's insane so they have a commercial property has a triple net lease option this is like one of the um strategies i guess in commercial real estate a triple net lease that where the tenant pays taxes insurance and maintenance virtually the landlord i mean it, you don't have a lot of work to do in theory you don't have a lot of work to do now these um leases triple net um deals usually last between 15 and 20 years and every five years you as a landlord are able to increase the rent now i mean 15 to 20 years not having to find a tenant for 15 to 20 years now this varies of course deal to deal and the terms and what's in the contract there but in general i mean triple net leases last 15 to 20 years that think about not having to find a tenant for 15 to 20 years that sounds pretty good to me now, I wish that was in residential. Maybe you can do that in residential. I don't know. So there's a lot less turnover with triple net leases specifically. Not necessarily commercial, but in triple net, uh, there's a lot less turnover. And this is great for you know older people looking to retire. They don't want... They want a, an investment that works for themselves, for them, for itself. And triple net lease is a great thing. So, moving on specifically to retail. Now, everything's moving online, especially now with the pandemic. I mean, that's the the movement to online is really accelerated because of the pandemic. I mean, it's forced everyone, whether they wanted to or not, it's forced everyone to, in some way or another, learn something online, you know, move online. And, you know, this has always been a concern for retail, especially. And, you know, you just... I don't think retail... Retail is not going to... Um, go away if you buy the right businesses within retail like don't buy a clothing store where you can go buy clothes online like buy businesses that can't go online things like hair salon 
no one's going to cut your hair online. All right. Maybe one day they'll and someone somewhere will invent a robot that cuts your own hair for you. But you still have to go in person. I don't know what I was talking about there. But anyway, things like dentist, you know, they can't whiten your teeth. They can't uh, put braces in you online. Things like restaurants, you have to eat in person. You know, buy, buy retail spaces that have businesses that just are impossible to go online and you should be fine. And a great thing about retail is that you're, first of all, it's all in one place. So you don't have to go drive and manage everywhere. And you're able to diversify industries so you can have uh, one business within your retail space your retail plaza be hair salon next one be a restaurant next one be a dentist next one be um i don't know target <laughs> you know so you're very well diversified and on top of that you have multiple tenants obviously so there's the vacancy factor there that you really don't have in retail. And going into retail, there's something called, if you do get the, um, like the big names in there, like Target, like Starbucks, like Walmart, there, there's actually something called the anchor effect, which is where uh, one of those big properties like big name brands like the Target, Starbucks, Walmart, etc., etc. If you can get one of those people there, they're obviously going to increase the foot traffic to your whole plaza. Everyone wants Starbucks, but not everyone knows about that mom and pop restaurant. So if you get a big name like Starbucks into your plaza, and everyone's going towards Starbucks and then you, they see the mom and pop uh, restaurant literally next door, you're giving exposure to that mom and pop restaurant, for example. And you know, you're able to charge more, more rent on the, um, on your retail property in general, because you have that anchor, that big name uh, company within your property, your plaza, generating a lot of more foot traffic than any other business there. You can also get a percentage lease. Now, this is what Ben Mollen did. I don't know if you know who Ben Mollen is. He's pretty... He has a YouTube channel, Ben Mollen. He's really... He's bigger than life personality. Um, it's just a vlog channel that he follows the life of like a, a real estate mogul. I mean, the guy owns like over $250 million in real estate and his real estate portfolio. And so he, he actually did this to a plaza. He did a percentage lease and a percentage lease is where you charge a base rent. Usually you charge the break-even rent, if not just a tiny bit of profit as a base rent in a percentage lease. Then you get a percentage of the sales 
thereafter of each business. This mic is just of each business. So in, in a sense, in a sense, the tenant and the landlord are both motivated to work together and grow the business. Like, for example, the Ben Mala, like he, when he uh, purchased the property, he did it on, on a YouTube video. He showed it to us. And, um, yeah, he was there, you know, talking to the business owners and genuinely asking, like, how can I help? How can I help you grow your business? Because if the landlord in a percentage lease helps the uh, tenant, the business owner, grow their business, then it, it's a win-win because the tenant is getting more business and the landlord is getting more rent because he has a percentage lease. Now, oh, this is different from hotels. Hotels are usually management intense. You know, you when you go into hotels, you're not just buying a property. You're creating a whole business. You're buying into a business, a hotel business. All right, you, you have employees. You have so many employees to look after. Uh, you have things like housekeeping, director of sales, manager. I, I mean, you have so many moving parts that you have to look after. Not you. Not only do you have to look after the property and the real estate side, but you also have to manage the business itself. Now, yeah, this is why I don't really, really, really like hotels. I don't. It doesn't interest me because of that work to do. Like, I think most people get into real estate investing so they could work less. I think everyone has that dream of financial freedom, yada, yada, yada. You know, passive income, real estate investing, even though it's not completely passive, but it's less work. We'll put it that, depending on what strategy you use. And so you, but to hedge that intense management you get from hotels, you could hire a management company. I've looked around and people are saying they typically charge between three to 4% of the gross revenue that the hotel generates, uh, which isn't that bad. Actually, I, th I think uh, residential real estate, they charge between seven to 10%. But of course, in a big deal like a hotel, three to four percent is a lot of money. So, you know, that's one option. And one thing I was looking at into hotels is that they're actually very flexible investments. Like you, you can you can rent the rooms by night per week. They're even month to month leases. You know, you you can charge however you want. I mean, and if the hotel isn't doing well, like now or during the pandemic, like no one was vacationing. No one was um, going to hotels. No one was using hotels and hostel. The whole hospitality industry was struggling. And, you know, um, 
in many hotels, but fortunately they got the PPP and forbearance and some type of assistance to help them get through this uh, pandemic. But in times like this where the hotel business isn't booming, I mean, you can change the hotel into a retirement home. You can do condos. I mean, there are so many options with a, a hotel that, I mean, that really isn't available in any type of, any other type of investment property. I mean, that's, that's really one thing that's, that really sticks out to me and interests me in hotels other than, but then the management gets in the way. I don't want, even with a property manager, management company, I'd still, I'd still stress out about it. So, <laughs> not for me. And so this is, now multifamily is, usually harder to find a a condition like it's harder to find a property that's in bad condition usually people in multifamily the owners they just aren't charging enough rent that's usually the case which i mean eliminates the it limits you to only one possibility of buying a good deal. I mean, with, with multifamily, you're, you're competing. Here's the thing with multifamily. Well, first of all, you, you got to figure out if there's any multifamily in your area. All right. If you want to be a multifamily investor, well, and there's no multifamily buildings in your area, well, then I mean what <laughs> what are you gonna do? I mean I guess you could move to a place where multifamily uh, properties are more available. But I mean other than that, you, you gotta stick to what's available in your area. So maybe multifamily, even though a lot of people want it, I mean once you look around and if it's not available, it's not available. So there's nothing really you can do. And the thing with multifamily is that you're competing with two different type of investors. You're, you're competing with the people that have mastered multifamily and like they love multifamily and multifamily is their life, right? And you're also competing with the, um, the investor that's in single families in residential and single families that they're looking to move into multifamilies and sort of graduate into multifamily and you know build their portfolio even larger than what it is and what they could achieve with single family which i don't really like you know especially if there isn't a lot of multifamily to begin with you're dealing with single family investors and multifamily investors in multifamily properties which it makes it so much harder to find a deal. I mean, yeah, yeah, multifamilies are great. Like, like you can do a lot of people just do the house hacking strategy with multifamily. You know, they live in one unit FHA loan, and then they rent out the other, and it's good. 
it's a good life, yeah. But in in single family, there's I feel like there's a lot more opportunity. Again, depending on your area and whether, like for instance, like in my area, there's a lot of single family. And the thing with single family is that typically there's a lot more um, distressed properties that you can buy below market value than there are multifamily because again, like I said, multifamily typically the owners just aren't charging enough or whatever. Or maybe the, the owners in multifamily, they just don't want to invest in real estate anymore. They're retired and they just want to sell and they don't care. That's a possibility too. The thing with multifamily is that you're dealing with people, regular people. You're not typically not dealing with investors. It's, it's not as saturated with investors as the multifamily space is. So, you can sort of underbid people that are selling single families that you can't do with multifamilies because multifamilies, they know their numbers, they know their stuff, they know, they know the rent roll, they, they know what everything. Single family, you got Jack and Jill living on a hill, you know, they know nothing about real estate, you know, they just... Pull the price out, say, okay, let's sell it at this. And, and you know, there's a lot more opportunity for you, the investor, to take advantage of that and buy a property below market value, especially if your area is, is flooded with single family. I mean, <laughs> power to you, you have that. But anyway, you know, final thoughts between retail, hotel, and multifamily. There's no one right way. There's no one perfect strategy. I, I refuse to believe it. I don't believe that. You know, um, you gotta take a look at your life and um, like if you have a busy job and you have a wife and you have kids, maybe hotels, the hotel industry isn't right for you because that'll turn into a job into itself. Maybe that'll stress you out. You also have to look long-term. You know, where, where do you see yourself in, in 10 years, 20 years? Do you see, and do you have the uh, time to continue to manage or just upkeep with a business like a hotel or retail or multifamily or whatever it is? But other than that, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.